A bombshell book releases painting a wild picture of chaos within the White House. The author of that book says that people all around Trump think that he is unfit and acts like a child. Uh, in that book, Steve Bannon, once the president's chief strategist, rips the president and his family, including calling the Trump Tower meeting treasonous and says Mueller's probe is focused on money laundering. Uh, the president responding to Bannon releases this extraordinary statement blasting him, saying that Steve Bannon has lost his mind. And he also pins a new nickname, Sloppy Steve. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams, recording in Lincoln, Nebraska. Joining me in Omaha is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? Man, starting the year off right with some freezing temps and some hot, hot news. <laughs> hot headlines. It wouldn't be Nebraska in January if it wasn't freezing temps and hot news. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, dude? Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, I'm back on my gym bullshit. So I got to the gym today and uh, <laughs> sat there on the exercise bike for about 20 minutes and was watching uh, Fox News, which uh, I think was giving me a fair and balanced take on the president going off on Twitter about nuclear war. So pretty good. We'll put a pin in that nuclear war jazz and come back to, was Fox News on at your gym because you turned it on or was it already on? He's, he's in Texas. He's in Texas. Yeah, no, it's, right. it's sort right. of, it's, Fox News is sort of slowly taking over all of the TVs at my gym <laughs> to the extent where I... I think I need to say something at some point, but usually when I'm on the bike, I, I'm just looking at Twitter anyway, so I just look up right. every once in a while for the absolute lunacy that is middle of the day, only serving uh, like life insurance ads version of Fox News. The gym that I belong to, it's pretty much predominantly Fox News that you see, and I mean, it's elected. No one forces it or anything. <laughs> right. Uh, that's... that. They're just giving the people what they want. But one of the gyms at a certain hour of the day, you're never going to hear Fox News because it's all like the foreign exchange students from the university and stuff. So, right. <laughs> um, that, that's usually yeah. the one I try to hit. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. How are the gym crowds on like literally the only time of year where gyms are crowded? Not too bad. I could get a lane at the pool, and that's really all I care about. You did, like, the Black Friday of gyms. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I try to stay away from, from that January crowd, for sure. I just go outside for, like, five minutes, and then your body has to burn so many calories just so you don't freeze to death. <laughs> it's the perfect workout. Frostbite. You get that, that mammalian shivering instinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I make all my gym resolutions on Chinese New Year. <laughs> I, I avoid that crowd. It's not an issue. <laughs> but my perfect way to stay warm is by reading all them hot, hot headlines, hot scoops going on this year. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of hot scoops, so we should probably just jump right into that. This is Donald Trump. Please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his and my button works. Threatening a country with nuclear attack, annihilation of literally hundreds of thousands of people, 
unimaginably irresponsible. I mean, it really is shocking. But shocking for Trump is just, uh, I don't know, Tuesday. So Trump's starting off the new year right with uh, a complete Twitter meltdown, tweeting out nuclear threats about how his button is, is the biggest button. Wink, wink, if you know what I mean. And tweeting about Steve Bannon and just basically having a complete meltdown. Right. Well, it's it's exactly the same thing. Do you remember when you were a kid and you, you know, they'd give you three weeks off for the Christmas holiday and New Year's and everything. And it was like, awesome. We don't have to go to school for three weeks. And then by the end of it, you're you're climbing the walls, man. Like I like I don't like school that much, but it's better than just being at home. And we're, you know, in Omaha, we're always snowed in. So it's not like anybody wants to, like, have a play date or anything like that. Uh, I think that's what happened. I think he just got bored. He was supposed to be taking it easy, taking his taking his like month long holiday. And at the end of it, you know, the news is still talking about him. It keeps keeps talking about him and he had to respond to it. I'm already upset because we're, what, four days into the new year, and he's already forced us to break our resolutions. I mean, at least my resolution, which was to focus a little bit less on what he's doing. And the very <laughs> first thing we talk about on the show in the new year is what, what he's saying. But you can't avoid it because, no, you I mean, can't honestly, it. it was insane. It was crazy when he was doing comparison innuendo bullshit uh during the primaries but we also said well that whole primary is a rodeo circus or a sideshow anyway so it didn't really matter but that's his go-to move for everything is just a penis comparison so oh yeah yeah, I think he was listening to the show and he knew that our resolution was not to pay attention to his Twitter fights, but he couldn't help it. He was like, what? People are stopping paying attention to me. I got to I gotta get myself out there. I got to make some headlines. I start the biggest rap beefs. It's also completely ridiculous to me, these people who, it's totally the, uh, can I speak to your manager, folks, uh, like Scott Dworkin and Captain Sulu, what's his, George Takei, are both tweeting like, at Jack, you know, the guy who runs Twitter, like, what, somebody can swear at someone with a blue check mark on Twitter and get kicked off, but, you know, this guy threatens nuclear war and you're not going to kick him off? No. No, they're not. He, he drives a ton of business. Like, Jack's not trying to kick off one of his biggest cash cows. Well, to Kay, it's like they could kick you off for your uh, sexual assault allegations and they're not doing it. If I'm to Kay, I'd be laying low. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, no, that's but- a good point. Yeah, they'll never kick him off because he brings him too much attention and ad revenue with all the views that he gets and all the engagement that they get from people yelling at him. Oh, for sure. And they have nothing to gain by kicking him off and everything to gain by keeping him on. They have everything to gain. Absolutely. People are on Twitter specifically for the Trump tweets. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Probably tons of people created accounts just so that they could respond back to him angrily and yell at him and try and get into Twitter fights with Trump fans. I mean, people would be so mad if they kicked him off that they would cancel their account. I mean, they would delete their accounts and say, we're going to go use racist Twitter uh, that they made up uh, for just white nationalists and not use real Twitter anymore. So they're never going to kick him off. They love having him on there and they love all the controversy and attention that he brings to him and to their platform. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's not let's not let anyone forget that Melania's big <laughs> thing as first lady was going to be to fight cyberbullying. 
We're doing like nation state cyberbullying now. Yeah, even his own wife doesn't want him tweeting so much. I mean, even his most hardcore supporters don't want him tweeting. They say like, hey, maybe you should lay off the tweets. I don't like his polarizing tweets. But the most hilarious tweet that he had recently was that old classic, it's cold outside, so global warming must be a Chinese hoax. <laughs> well, no, no, it was even better than that because it wasn't it's cold outside, oh, therefore where's all this global warming? Classic. It was the East Coast <laughs> is having its coldest winter ever. Where's your climate change now, bitches? And it's like, that's a change. That's actually a change in the climate. Well, no, 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 no. He said, perhaps we could use some of that good old global warming that the rest of the world or that we pay for good old global warming. But yeah, the thing with those people is you have to explain to them global warming falls into climate change. Coldest year ever. That's an extreme. That's global weirding because it's not typical. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's I'm glad you brought that up. That's always been the term that I preferred because the planet is not going to warm uniformly. It's not going to be exactly four degrees Fahrenheit warmer in Omaha, uh, just like it's four degrees warmer in Sioux Falls every year. What's going to happen is all of these air currents, all of the water currents. I mean, scientists are now talking about how we're entering the era where the Arctic will be iceless for most of the year, uh, which is terrifying but it also it's terrifying for anybody who knows the like broad scale ramifications but even that affects you know the way water flows into the arctic ocean and into the atlantic ocean and those currents are what Mm -hmm. carry weather various places Um, it's why during this historic hurricane season that we had last year ireland at one point had a had a hurricane warning which you know that kind of tropical storm usually doesn't make it up that far north. Oh, you mean up to the tropical paradise of Northern Ireland? Right, yeah. <laughs> My favorite part about that whole thing, though, was that the weather maps that they've made to track hurricanes literally weren't made to track hurricanes up into Northern Ireland. So on the maps, you could see like you know where the storm was going to move and like the red and the yellow zones and stuff. And then at the border of North Ireland, it just shut off. It's like, man, they are serious up there. Yeah, it's kind of like that 68 Olympics where that dude from the USA, Bob Beeman, jumped so far that they had to pull out a manual tape measure because their automatic, their mechanical one wouldn't measure right, that far. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and the craziest thing yeah. is like he doesn't even realize that Australia is like, having a massive heat wave right now, but he doesn't even pay attention Jeez. to that. But the craziest news... That came out of this, too, is that his tweets about this crazy Michael Wolf book that's coming out, The Fire and the Fury, where there's all these Steve Bannon quotes where they're saying that Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with the Russians is treasonous and his. Yeah, what do you say? They're going to they're going to crack him like an egg on live TV or something. Well, and of course, they had to come out with a press release just today or yesterday that was like. The president doesn't even really know Steve Bannon. He was he wasn't involved until after like he had he had taken out 17 competitors in the primaries. And, you know, he he ended up leaving and like he you know, he never had a one on one meeting with Donald Trump, which maybe that's true. But it's only because fucking Jared Kushner was also in the room and he's as useless as anybody. Yeah, I hope that they can use this to take some of those dudes down. Jared Kushner. 
and Donald Trump Jr. I mean, they're both in the crosshairs for sure, but it's hilarious that they're trying to portray this as, oh, he's just a low level uh, head of my campaign. And then he was just, uh, you know, he wasn't even involved. He had nothing to do with me or my presidency, except for that I would made him basically co-chief of staff. He made up a position just for Steve Bannon that never existed before. That was like chief strategist that was like co-equal. Well, that's what everyone was saying, that it was such a weird in the past the president has a chief of staff and the chief of staff is the one who's the second in command they're setting policy and stuff but trump never liked reince priebus and just made this brand new office for steve bannon to occupy that yeah it never was clear which one of them was on top but reince priebus left first so that gives you a little bit of a hint every time a conservative turns on trump or makes trump look stupid like flake and corker we need a sound drop in 2018 and it needs to be that sa- that clip from the movie and i forget which one it was but the lady goes now what do you say to a nice gentleman and then the kid goes are you my daddy <laughs> Ooh, i'm gonna find that because it seems like that's literally how social media elevates these people every time this happens and it's gonna happen all the time because Everybody can't wait to throw this man under the bus. So it's the leverage you have just from standing around him for 25 minutes. (laughs) You have something on him. The thing I find really fascinating about the the Trump and Bannon, like, developing feud here is Bannon's style of politics is why Trump is in office. So Bannon thinks that he can go out there and just keep doing, like, Trump-style politics and promote these absolutely deranged primary candidates who are just going to further his goal of completely tearing the entire system down. But Steve Bannon doesn't realize that the only reason he's popular really is because of Trump, whereas Trump doesn't realize that the only reason he's popular is because of this strategy that Steve Bannon came up with. Actually, it'd be kind of interesting to see like a split in the MAGA hats. You know, Breitbart's going to release its own version of a MAGA hat, and then you're going to have, like, gang fights in the streets. Oh, man, I love it. Well, you're seeing now that people are calling on Breitbart to fire Steve Bannon in support of Trump. Right. So you could see that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that just to get the good headlines out there from the Trump fans. Yeah, there was even a there was an editorial written in Breitbart that was like, Bannon's okay, you guys, like, we're all on the same side. And the comments told a completely different story. They're like, Bannon needs to get on the fucking Trump train and choo-choo or he's out, motherfucker. Wait. Well, and what are you supposed to do when your closest trusted advisors are turning on you? <laughs> right. You've got the FBI breathing down your neck. You've got even people within your own party deciding not to run for re-election because you're so unpopular. Yep. It's time to have your attorney general crack down on the extremely popular states rights provisions that allowed states like Colorado and now California to adopt legalized marijuana, which is bringing in billions and billions of dollars and is is popular. I mean, over 60 percent approval for legalizing marijuana nationwide. And they've decided that this is the time to use their political capital to start a a crackdown and really put an end to that nonsense once and for all. That's so far out there. I just like it. Let's uh, (laughs) let's take a quick break and then uh, we can come back and jump into a big bowl. 
Colorado Senator Cory Garner went so far as to take it to the Senate floor. Senator Sessions told me that marijuana simply wasn't going to be on President Trump's agenda. And without any notification, conversation, or dialogue with Congress, completely reversed. The president's position hasn't changed, but he does strongly believe that we have to enforce federal law. So you think Colorado should be able to do what it's doing? No, I think it's up to the states, yeah. I'm a states person. I think it should be up to the states, absolutely. Okay, so in... 2013, uh, under the Obama administration, there was a a memo that was written that came to be known as the Cole Memo, where the Department of Justice was like, look, weed is still illegal under federal law, but all of these states are trying to legalize it. Um, Most of the states have medical marijuana at this point, uh, and some of them, you know, uh, back then it was like Oregon, Colorado, Washington that were legalizing for recreational use. And the, the memo basically said that the Department of Justice was going to say, like, look, we're just going to leave it up to, like, the local prosecutors to bring cases. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of uh, department resources on trying to crack down on that. Um, so, Brendan, this has changed, right? Yeah, so Jeff Sessions... Uh, you know, noticing, seeing all those polls out there that, you know, marijuana legalization is just at record popularity. (laughs) Uh, California has just legalized marijuana recreationally and is primed to just start raking in billions and billions of of tax dollars to to undercut the tax bill that Trump and California is like the fifth largest economy in the in the world and their weed industry is going to be like their like the eighth biggest economy in the world. <laughs> well, maybe and he so, was suffering from poliosis where you are unable to see the popularity that's presented in modern research and polls. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully in a lot of States yeah. he can get that treated. Uh, and right. <laughs> so what he decides to do is to just because basically say like, we're tearing up, that guidance, right? We're right. issuing our new guidance. I like that, that Brendan says, actually just mimed like tearing a thing up. In oh, the he air. was do- he was doing it. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, you know how theatrical they are. No, I, I wish that would be awesome, actually. So, but basically, right. they they stealth announced, and like I don't even know if they officially announced it yet, or if this is just one of those many many things where it's like. The extremely leak-prone Trump administration basically is going to do this in like two days or whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. So. He's basically just saying, we're throwing that guidance away that says, look, don't focus on marijuana if people are abiding by the state law. Like, if the state is doing it, then, like, let them do it, and we're not going to get in the way unless they're doing something crazy. Um, And now he's saying, we're tearing that up. And it's unclear really what that means, right? So it seems like what he is saying is that, well... We're not telling you not to do it. So if a state attorney general or something wants to start cracking down on it, that maybe the Department of Justice federal operation will help support them. But they're not. It doesn't say like we're taking these guys out. It basically just says like we're rescinding this guidance. So now you can just do whatever you want. But no state level people are going to do anything. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, look at uh, uh, Colorado, where uh, um, Cory Gardner, um, one of their senators there, made this statement um, completely against this. But you know, uh, 
Before I voted to confirm Attorney General Sessions, he assured me that marijuana would not be a priority for this administration. Yeah, uh, Jeff Sessions, who one time said that he thought that he liked the KKK, except then he found out that they smoked pot. Um, <laughs> uh, and also right. making deals with the Trump administration, which uh, never works out poorly for anybody. Classic uh, downfall. L- looking at you, Susan Collins. Um <laughs> Uh, and and went on to say that this this completely contradicts everything I was told, and you know we're basically saying that that the state of Colorado is is going to be non compliant with this new thing. Um, the the state attorney general was like, um, let's see, she actually, yeah, I would encourage people not to freak out. Colorado Attorney General Cynthia Kaufman told reporters, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good advice, right? Don't don't get all you know. Don't don't fall victim to anti reefer madness on this. <laughs> right. But essentially, he is making it so easy. I mean, he's basically begging Democrats at this point to just fully embrace the extremely politically popular position of supporting legalized marijuana. Yeah. Wait, right. wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Do hold you up, think they're going to grab the bait up. on that? No. Of course not. <laughs> you know, since when have the Democrats decided to go ahead and say, oh, man, we're going to just run on this widely popular thing <laughs> right. because the Republicans are against it? Of the Republican, they the were, Democrat governor of New Jersey just did that and won. He and now it's probably going to drag his feet on actually following through. But <laughs> sure, you know how sure. it is. Right. Exactly. I mean, he might be an outlier. There might be some out there that will. But it's like corporate – they w- Democrats want the same things that Republicans want. They just want to seem nicer about it to the middle class, you know. Well, so- but I think I think this is an issue where there people want it on both sides, right? The business community isn't cheering this decision. I don't know who is cheering this decision other than conservatives that like Jeff Sessions that think marijuana is the devil's weed. And that it's worse than heroin or equivalent to heroin, which is what Jeff Sessions literally said. I mean, right. who who is he winning over with this? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, Brandon, there's no downside yeah, to Democrats supporting it. No, what what he's you know who he's winning over is anybody involved or invested in the private prison industry, and also anybody who's in law enforcement or the Justice Department or. Um, even just like Alcohol. a major a major donor who happens to be a racist because we know that sure. i mean yeah like 90% of the country thinks that medical marijuana should be legal nationwide uh something like 60 65% think that recreational marijuana should be legal nationwide and yet these policies are really good for like your local DA who wants to be tough on crime and make sure that he's putting a lot of people in jail, usually for, you know, uh, you know, we, there was a, there was a story over new years where the cops raided a house and there were like 70 people there, like big black house party. And they found not even quite an ounce of weed and no one would claim it. So they just arrested 70 people, you know, uh, most, of, right. most oh, yeah. if not all of these people will be cleared of all charges, but that's still, you know, it, it'll it'll be shown that they were arrested for a thing, which has consequences for people getting jobs or 
student loans or anything like that. Are you talking about the one in Georgia? Yeah, that I think party that's right. or whatever. That right. Uh, a bunch of those people lost their jobs or several people because they were held like over the weekend and weren't processed until Monday. Right. Yeah. I'm not and surprised. Was, yeah. So they're like no call. All no over less than work. an ounce of wheat. Yeah. Right. An ounce of wheat. So that- a real popular political decision is what you're saying. That, that's what I'm saying. Like this is not, this is idiotic on its well, face. Well, and putting black it's people in jail. It's political suicide. Putting black people in jail has never been an unpopular position in this country. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I hate to agree on that, but <laughs> it's the truth. I, I, I think our, our <laughs> St. Louis correspondent, D Black Rabbit, would be really mad at me if I, if I, left that out of this conversation but yeah but he's I, rolling over in his grave right what, now so what i mean that's shore, shoring up his racist base like i don't understand again i don't understand hold up guys hold up did you hear me there uh i'm in 2018 i'm thinking i'm gonna do a whole bunch of wild shit including talking about people being dead as if they were dead but they're not dead <laughs> and not in like a mean way like i want them dead just yeah, like sure. man d blacks roll it over it is great right yeah i'm just gonna go all out crazy <laughs> i'm sorry keep going there you were saying something that reminds me uh, a long time ago we used to come up with these occasional pranks or like social experiments so like walk around and just you know be like man i can't believe danny devito died and everyone's like what i hadn't heard about that yet uh this is a little Bro, bit you invented fake news, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, dude, <laughs> you you were party to this, Brendan. <laughs> dude, my friend, my friend uh, CJ and the fraternity on our Halloween party night went to the party before me wearing a shirt that said "In Loving Memory" and it had my high school <laughs> yearbook picture in it. <laughs> And it was the one with the Eagle Scout uniform, and it you know had like my birth date on the bottom, oh, and then a great. recent date. And people were like, "Whoa, I just saw that man like in class the other day." Yeah, and then I showed up later. It was great, dude. We were all about fake news back in the day. Sure, yeah. I mean, before everybody had the internet in their pocket, it was it was a lot of dude. Before Project Veritas <laughs> was cool, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think. Both of you are right that Brendan, you're right. It's it's a tremendously popular policy to let states uh, be able to you know make their own decisions about marijuana. Everybody's seen the science. Everybody knows that it helps with opioid addiction and pain management. And also, there's just this principle of it's not really hurting anyone, and in fact, is causing a lot of harm. Being illegal, uh, people getting arrested. Um, the the drug war, which is going just so well in Mexico, the justice system problems. So, yeah, there there are a lot of reasons to legalize it. And then, Chuck, I think you're right, too, that, I mean, the Democrats aren't going to jump on this. They're going to, you know, there's going to be some, are there blue dog Democrats anymore? Are they all blue dog Democrats eh, at this point? There's a couple. There's like a guy from Montana. Um, Look, you know, there's, is it there's a some John guys Tester? out there, and there's about yeah. to be a whole lot more right. of them. Like this dude, like the guy from Alabama, and all these in Arizona, and all these other oh, states sure. that Democrats could win that right. are technically swing yeah, states. Yeah, the new, whatever, uh, the new so. governor of Virginia, who's like, of course, I'm going to work with the the Republicans on pretty much anything they they present me with. Right. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see, and this might be the the upside to what's happening there with Jeff Sessions is you're going to see a rush of people. You might see a backlash to what 
the Justice Department is doing right now, and it could end up actually accelerating the process of outright federally legalizing everything. Um, but at the same time, that rush to do it isn't just going to be Democrat. It's going to be the people with the dollar signs in their eyes. It's going to be the gold rush. Yeah. It's not going to be an ideological rush towards it. And I mean, honestly, I'm in fa- in some ways I'm in favor of that because in the current form, keeping it federally illegal actually increases the risk of it being a health problem, you know, sure. uh, in the sense that right now, I mean, there's reports uh, in Colorado, you know, in my discussion group, one of the uh, farmers was talking about it. The insecticides and pesticides that are being used are way, way toxic. <laughs> this, I is mean, not, the types that, this is not organic bud that you're smoking. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. I mean, but the, the point is, is that it, the market is what dictates this because if it's federally illegal, you can't get crop insurance. And so then you are under more pressure to have a yield no matter what. Sure. And you're going to do whatever you can to make that happen chemically. Yeah, so absolutely. You, all of this stuff could end up being better for the weed movement, but it, it's a real gamble right now. And I think it's totally unsurprising, but infuriating from Sessions. So Right. I mean, I might be wrong, but I feel like even the Democrats are not politically ignorant enough to ignore mm. this as a popular issue to sure. run on. Yeah. And sure. it probably won't be, a, you know, hugely adopted by every Democrat candidate or whatever. But I mean, you got people like right. freaking opportunist Cory Booker out there. I mean, he's jumping on it. I mean, he's opening the door, man. Right. I, I feel think, like this is setting Corey him up Booker's for even more. Why do you think Booker's opening the door to this, though? I mean, the majority of pharmaceutical companies that are manufacturing in the U.S. are manufacturing in his state. So, you know, that dude's going to get a cut. Well, yeah, but those, I mean, those, those companies also want to get in on the thing. I mean, it's... It's a drug that you can grow for almost nothing and sell right. it for all sorts of stuff, you know. So, but look what, but but Cory Booker voted no on allowing Canadian prescriptions to come into the United States, and it was because of the pharmaceutical money he's getting from those industries right there. If he if he votes anyway, it's definitely not going to be for the welfare of the people. So, right. No, I, you know. I hear you. I, I just feel like there may be a bit of a sea change in the way the pharmaceutical industries are treating medical marijuana at this point. I mean, oh, for sure. you see oh, sure. a lot of yeah. uh, like corporate buy up of uh, of land and, and agricultural mm. sites in order to and, you know, in order to grow weed, either uh, medically or just recreationally. And a lot of that is happening from corporations. It's not. It's not just like old Zeke and his three wives who are um I I meant to make <laughs> right. that sound like a hippie and I think I made it sound like a Mormon. Um You made it sound pretty damn Amish. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's like, like a Mormon so... a Mormon weed farmer. <laughs> right. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like old money versus new money. The people jumping into it have to be corporate because you don't have a family farming tradition of marijuana where you're like, well, this weed farm was passed down from my great grandfather. Sure. You know, we've got five generations growing. It probably actually Maybe well, dropped the, the uh, it probably actually dropped <laughs> the drug use among uh, like adolescents. 
because just like yeah. you know somebody who grows up on, on like a potato farm you know by the time mm-hmm. they're like 14 or 15 like if i ever see another fucking potato again like i'm just gonna scream you know um, oh man can you imagine the new wave of ben sasses like 30 years <laughs> into weed legalization right. where they're like man this new generation's problem is they don't understand i detasseled weed buds <laughs> in the farm at the age of 15 because i had a work ethic my generation had it they don't uh, now they got the robots doing it oh, weed man, bots. i can't wait for the future <laughs> so. but yeah i mean i think when it comes down to it this is just i mean people make a big deal out of it they're like oh my god what a shocking you know thing i can't believe that they're actually going to start cracking down on merit when it's like no this is just a bunch of talk with no action right. i i really don't see them aggressively pursuing no i think that's right and in fact i i think there's a uh there's actually a congressional bill that says that they aren't that that congress can't allocate any money for the doj Mm -hmm. to do any kind of uh like cannabis enforcement Uh, meaningful crackdowns right right so i yeah it, it may be it may be a bit of a tempest in a teapot um the one one last thing before we take a quick break is uh I think it's really interesting watching like the young people who are still Trump supporters. So the like MAGA Twitter or uh, the Donald on Reddit, who they've they've been betrayed several times now, Um, you know, net neutrality. And like (laughs) these people who are all uh, like Ron Paul supporters, if they were old enough to be on the Internet at the time. Uh, loved net neutrality, but then Trump goes against it, and you just didn't see a whole lot coming from that wing of of his party, the the really young, like you know, white dude in a polo shirt and khakis wing. And now they're also gonna <laughs> maybe be a little bit stricter on marijuana, and you know, what's what's the next? Like, I guess if uh, I guess if like Jeff Sessions decided to crack down on like waifu pillows or something. Um, that that might be <laughs> right. the final straw for them. <laughs> That's a bridge too far. Right. I mean, this is basically the equivalent of like Jeff Sessions going out there and being like, you know what? Porn is illegal now. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> right. good luck with that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that sounds reason. That sounds like an accomplishable goal right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Set your, set your sights high. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to the inevitable, uh, New York Times or like Scott Detrow interview with a uh, you know Trump supporters in in the middle of the country were like I you know finally he finds the the wedge issue and it's like I used to be a Trump supporter I went to the rallies I wore the hat uh but now I run a uh, softcore pornography speakeasy um uh, out of the back of my <laughs> out of the back of my house <laughs> to make ends meet you know. <laughs> Shoot, Mike Pence better not get in there because that dude would make couple skate illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Did you see uh, Doug Jones getting sworn in, standing next to his openly gay son? Oh, yeah. Giving Mike Pence the the greatest side eye of the year. Oh, man. His his eyes were like (laughs) burning coals. It was unbelievable. Well, let's take that break and we'll come back for some more. Have you ever met that funny repo man? Have you ever met that funny repo man? If he says he's from China, tell you South Carolina, then you know you're talking to that repo man. Have you ever met? Yeah, so uh, the front page of the Dallas Star Telegram's website has an article that's mm-hmm. Chinese fans used to call the Mavericks. What? 
<laughs> did it have all the extra A's in there? <laughs> no, it, but okay. I think that's how you're supposed to read it anyway. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's about how the Chinese don't have a word for maverick in the sense of um, like someone who goes their own way or, you know, breaks convention or anything like that. Um, so they just kind of went to a, a dictionary and was like, oh, a, a maverick is like an unbranded cow. That's probably like a like a calf or something. So the the Chinese for years have been calling the Dallas Mavs the little cows. That's pretty great. <laughs> I kind of like it, actually. I think, uh, you know, I'm not the hugest Mavs fan, but I do think that there is something to the like psychological warfare Wait. of t- calling your team um, something that's not intimidating, cow. you know? Something that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. Like, what don't? Like the what don't they have a word for? Uh, maverick, or they they don't have like, yeah they they don't have a word for something that means like somebody who like goes their own way or something, which is the you know other the other meaning of maverick as opposed to like an unbranded wild animal. What if they live? <laughs> they have Destiny's Child over there. So what if they literally <laughs> took that that concept of independence and just called them? The Destiny Child Bulls or something, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the Beyonce Bulls. <laughs> right. <laughs> now there's your headline. That would, that would make for some good newspaper fodder. I would love that. I would I would much rather watch the the Destiny's Child like heifers than the, the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> right. You know that their dance crew would be absolutely off the chain. Well, in Destiny's Child, aren't they from Texas? Oh, I, I think they're probably. I think they're from Houston. I though. couldn't tell you. I thought. I thought Beyonce descended from, you know, heaven or possibly a a more advanced alien Mount civilization. Booty Olympics. She did Texas, Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why do I have to keep repeating myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that was what I found on the. Uh, the front page on of the uh, yeah the the yeah the I mean I, we do love to support you know our local news our local journalism uh, we were checking out some of the local headlines on the Lincoln Journal right. Star uh, and I discovered hilariously that the main menu of LincolnJournalStar.com goes so like the the right, banner like these thing are the these the are the sections that you know their mm-hmm. audience is interested in so number one news like okay <laughs> that's good number two huskers sure yep okay sure. that's big news you know that's life out here yeah absolutely to some people that's news it's kind of like how pizza is a vegetable <laughs> to some i was with it <laughs> until that and then so. number three obituaries <laughs> and i was like okay that's a little bit weird yeah number four <laughs> mug shots they're just going, it's just all the hits. <laughs> well, you want to know which one of your friends are dead. You want to know which one of your friends are in jail. That's part of that good life, that good living in I think, Nebraska. I think basically what they're saying is the truth, which is that <laughs> there are basically right. only three types of people in Nebraska. People who are involved in Huskers football, people who are dying, mm-hmm. and people who are yeah, getting those arrested. Are three, those are, yeah, they know their audience, I think. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to see the Venn diagram on all of those groups. I like how the I like how the next tab then is buy and sell, and that makes me think of uh, it's like trading Pokemon cards. You know, it's like I'll trade you this dead guy for like two mugshots and 
um, like a first round draft pick in the NCAA. Well, and it's funny because speaking of mugshots, one of the mugshots that was in the paper that was featured not in the mugshot section because it's from back in October, but was featured in the news section was about the FBI accuses white supremacist of terror attack on Amtrak train in rural Nebraska. Talk about your attention grabbing headlines. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. No, this is some 26-year-old dude from Missouri who breached a secured area to stop an Amtrak train in southwest Nebraska in October. Right. And this is going to surprise all of our audience, <laughs> has has links to a white supremacist group oh, nice. and expressed an interest in killing black people, according to court documents. All, on the all those all those black people out there in like Alliance, Nebraska. In rural Nebraska <laughs> on fucking trains, you know? <laughs> Dude, it's like if you're if you are a person of color out there let us know how you actually get around because I'm thinking you either get around right. in Uber I mean, or on this, a little this, cow. This racist know? Nazi so. is so out of touch with black culture that he's like, oh, where can I go find some black people? Like, they're probably on public transportation, but there's none of that out here in western Nebraska. What What am I to do? <laughs> right, right. You know, well, and he came from, he came from Missouri. To like, okay, so... So was the guy from Missouri in the sense that like he went to high school in Missouri or did he drive from Missouri? I'm just going to say there are a lot more black people in Missouri. Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. I mean, they're, they're saying that he is from Missouri. He had he had a bunch of guns with him, of course, and he was permitted in right. Missouri. Right. Uh, although Republicans want to make that they're, so that any state means that you are permitted to conceal carry anywhere in America. So that's a good start right there. <laughs> sure. And then my, so, this is my favorite detail in the story. A national socialist movement business card was on his person oh, when yeah. he was arrested. <laughs> like what? Literally right. a card well, carrying you gotta Nazi. Be <laughs> well, and, and was it his card you know, or it doesn't, was it somebody else's it card? Say. I would be interested to know that. You know, oh, that's a good point. See, maybe, these are the important details that the local media tends to fall short right. on. Yeah. Maybe he just met a Nazi at a bar and the guy's like, hey, call me. You seem, you know, like you, you might. I, I could give you Dude, some Dude, seriously. He, he went to the Western Nebraska Nazi speed dating scene in the, uh, <laughs> you know, in the local bar. But no, yeah. the article does mention that he was traveling from Sacramento, California to St. Louis. So and was charged in Furnace County. So he with just felony he criminal just picked mischief. a spot then. Yeah, you know when you're driving cross country yeah, okay. and you're like, I think, man, yeah. it's, oh, I'm really good. I gotta get out and stretch my legs. Maybe commit <laughs> some terrorism. You know, we'll see. Well, the thing was, right, uh, right. It, it, it was probably he had stopped off from the train for a date uh, with somebody on uh, NazisOnly.com. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. I gotta feel bad yeah. for the NazisOnly.com members. I mean, because. You got to be driving pretty far to some rural areas to be to be really meeting people. <laughs> right. It's it's rough out there in the Nazi yeah. dating scene. Western Nebraska, northern Montana, the the Idaho Panhandle. Yeah, sure. Charlottesville, Virginia. Nobody lives there. <laughs> so in the article, they say that just before two a.m. on October twenty second, an assistant conductor felt the train breaking, searched for what was causing it. And found Wilson in the engineer's seat of the follow engine 
playing with the controls. <laughs> Some real tight security. So, yeah. so his plan. Yeah. So his, so they literally just tackled him like a bunch of trained people tackled him at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, primarily the conductor, it looks like, from this story, which, I mean, seriously, picture in your head, close your eyes and picture a train conductor. Like, it's probably like an, right. an uh, elderly man wearing like one of those little round caps. Um, like not, probably not like a badass <laughs> sort of guy. Gosh, but gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's just, he's just trying to finish up this one round and he's going to go back to Mabel Sue, you know, and the, right. like the three kids or whatever. Uh, I'm not actually trying to make fun of people who work on trains because that is a profession and they're good oh, at it. No. Like, you know, but still like, thank you for your service. Got, got your ass kicked by a train conductor. And that's, well, that's why you're up on Fred, conductor and others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if you're taking on three old people from Murder on the Orient Express, you're still gonna, you know, there's not a lot of room to be ducking and weaving. So, yeah. Especially not in the engineer car. But but, uh, but seriously, this guy's this guy's scary, right? So he uh, he got arrested back in October and then underwent a an evaluation to make sure that he was fit to stand trial, and they found that he was. Uh, and then he posted $100,000 in bail. And then a couple of days later, FBI agents raided his house and found, let's see, a hidden compartment with a handmade shield as well as tactical vest, 11 AR-15 magazines, a drum-style ammunition magazine. for like, He was going to take a Tommy gun on this thing. Um tactical accessories uh and just like thousands and thousands of rounds of ammunition uh white supremacy mm -hmm. documents and paperwork uh um, right. things to make bombs i mean a pressure plate like you've, you've always got to have your documents right yeah <laughs> <laughs> well right but here's the thing right what what of that mm -hmm. is illegal right that's the craziest scariest thing about it is that <laughs> you're right. right? What is the crime that this guy did other than mess with the controls of a train? Like, I, I don't understand what well, he it's criminal mischief like, was doing. And also it's just it's just horrifying that there are so many people out there like this guy who are basically just stockpiling and just looking for an excuse to go commit some acts of violence sure. against people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And as uh as our friend uh Kasim Rashid is always asking on uh social media, you know, where was this guy radicalized? You know, that's that's what you always ask about mm. any other terrorist is where were they radicalized? What were they accessing online that that made them hold these views that made them want to hurt and kill people? And in the case of like white domestic terrorists which have been identified by literally everyone is the biggest terrorist threat in the United States. We know where they're getting radicalized. They're getting radicalized on fucking 4chan and Reddit. Right. And, you know, we were making fun of the Donald earlier, but they they promulgate some scary ideology. And, you know, the people right. who hang out there are already like borderline well, and it comes, stable. It comes straight from the top. I mean, right. this dude could be literally radicalized just looking at Trump's Twitter feed. <laughs> like... <laughs> there's sure this is totally <laughs> right. in line with a lot of the things that, that he it's that not he's for saying. the week right <laughs> well and it, i mean exactly right. like you know in in the past few days uh there were 
there was a shooting of ah, where was it? You guys will have to fill me in on the the details. But um, four police officers were shot. Was, was that in Colorado? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember how that was in um, the news died, real quick, the, yeah. and then it just you didn't hear about it again. Yeah, sure. Well, and also, I mean, the response from the White House was like, you know, Melania and I send our our hopes and dreams to condolences. The, yes, uh, right. you know, our our condolences to the families, and you know, we love our cops, uh, but in the uh, you know the the New York attack, um, the the truck driving attack. A few months ago, a month ago, Jesus, time goes so fast and slow at the same time. Um, it was immediately, you know, drumming on the, you know, this is why we need to like ban Muslims from the United States. And after a while, I mean, it's not hard to draw the draw the line between, you know, here's how he responds if there's a brown person involved. Here's how he responds if there's a white person involved. Well, and it's like the amount of money that this country, that this country's government tries to convince us that we need to spend on keeping us safe and all the freedoms that we have to give up and everything, and we're still not doing it. They know exactly where they're being radicalized, and they can't do anything about it. It wasn't the FBI that swarmed in on this dude. It was a freaking guy in Oshkosh Bagash overalls, right. <laughs> you know, a conductor, you know. I mean, so it's not like, yeah we know we spend all this money on it. I think the most ironic thing about it, though, is the idea that after that train derailed up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, you know, all those dudes on the internet, uh, the the Jack Prilosex, right. the Cernovich right. and all those guys, <laughs> they're like, hey, man, this was clearly Antifa derailing this train. I can't believe them. And it was, you know, totally baseless. It came out, it was, you know, a mechanical... Uh, it was a conductor. Yeah, because there's nothing that, that fucking Antifa loves more than to attack like working class communities. Innocent people. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but then here we go in this situation. There was a train attack and and everyone silent. Yeah, which well, which could everyone, have been but... which could have been a slaughter, you know. I mean, uh right. Clint Eastwood has a brand new movie coming out. Oh, we, right. We saw the trailer when we went to see Star Wars about it was like four soldiers on a train in France or something where a guy decides to like walk in with an right. assault rifle. And uh, I, I don't know how much more <laughs> there could possibly be to that well, movie than like. And then right. they that movie him. isn't that the movie but, where he literally cast the real life dudes as themselves. Yeah. That doesn't seem oh, like uh, like I, I'm all for making the movie, but like that seems like a weird casting, some stunt casting <laughs> right there. It's gonna play like <laughs> right. a reenactment yeah. Oh, yeah, on like uh like an old like rescue nine one one episode or whatever. Oh yeah, it's Hello, gonna be all the, an like, emergency. black and white. <laughs> yeah, and right. when they when they move around, it does that kind of like blur effect every time they're like moving <laughs> through the cabin. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that like late nineties. Uh, like you catch it when you're waiting for like right. Mad TV to come on. Um, sort of mm -hmm. uh, America's most wanted reenactment yeah. thing. Right. Well, if you know, if we know anything about our. Midwestern white terrorists. How much, you know, what are the bets that this guy's going to ask for a jury well, of Trump peers? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, of absolutely. Trump supporters <laughs> like that, those dudes down in Kansas were asking for that. Sure. I would, I would love to be able to ask 
I'd like a jury of some real brothers, please. You know, <laughs> and some people, some people that can truly judge me. I mean, people, <laughs> people who've been asking for this forever. Knocks. Like, you know, you you, yeah. you go on trial for a violent crime as a you know a, a black person in like Alabama or Mississippi, <laughs> right. and it's all like sixty year old making three hundred thousand dollars a year or more white people. Yeah that have moved their kids from any public school district where there's the threat of them having right. to sit. In well, right, and it, it just know? goes, it, it just goes <laughs> yeah. in right in line so. with the type of thinking of those type of dudes where literally unless the, the judge is a white person, they're illegitimate. Right. And Trump thinks that too, because he was like, Oh, this judge is a Mexican. Like clearly he can't, do any like clearly he's biased against me right. sure um and he's doing the same thing now with the Mueller people because Mueller has that grand jury that's based out of Washington DC and they're like well this isn't fair there's too many black people on this like if it's Black people right, can't be exactly. fair. They hate me. And it's like, well, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> right. Did you see what Fox said about that? Oh no, what was or, that? I think it was that Ryan Kilmeade guy or whatever. He was like yeah, the uh, the grand jury selection was looking like a Bernie Sanders rally. It was looking like Black Lives Matter up there. Right. And he said <laughs> so, he said they were not yeah, demographically pursuing justice, which makes no sense. Right. Oh yeah. They're like we want that we want that American justice, not not that third world justice. Yeah, but not I mean that that's, Detroit justice. But I mean we joke, but that's exactly how they envision that that that's, there there are well, separate justice yeah. systems for like rich white people versus like poor people of color or poor white yeah. people a lot of the times, you know? Audience, I want you to know that I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing at my impersonation of the person. <laughs> is, so. What's his name? Jack Kilme? Is that is that a it's is that something a Brian, No, Brian Kilme. Yeah, it's on, he's the guy who's on uh, Trump's favorite show, Fox and Friends. A classy guy. Oh, yeah. Fox right. and Friends. The real journalism. The Pulitzer Prize nominating journalism. Wait, they've never been. Okay. No. <laughs> what I've loved in the last couple of days is the uh, somebody actually made uh, like a, a daily agenda where it was Fox and Friends mm -hmm. talks about this thing. Five minutes later, Trump tweets about this thing. Fox and Friends talks about this thing. Five minutes later, Trump tweets about this thing. Uh, and then oh, when yeah. you when you put the whole agenda together – like, he's literally watching TV, like, four to six hours a day, easy. Well, you know, he's he's doing the, the hard jobs so that the rest of us don't have to, so we can get some work done. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But, you know, uh, with, with the train story, there is a silver lining to all of that, which almost makes it a high note, is that, you know, nobody was injured. So, uh, that's, uh, that's something to... To behold, I guess. yeah, I, I don't so. disagree with you, Chuck. But that is a <laughs> dark place to put a high note. Like the best thing we well, can say yeah. about this attempted mass shooting was that it was just an attempt. Well, I mean, train terror in general, for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it's it's good to know that people could see something right. and say. I mean, in this situation, right. it was well. I think obvious, it, it goes but. to show that. Yeah. Um, you know, the the media loves to sensationalize anytime there's like a shooting or anything. I mean, and clearly we all agree that if this was not a white Nazi, this would have been a much bigger deal than it was, right? If this was any other oh, yeah. race right. or uh, creed, uh, this would have been a huge, a huge news story. 
But right. You know, we should celebrate <laughs> these types of stories where, you know, th- there wasn't a horrific thing and people stopped it. Like think of the alternative. I mean, people say after the fact like, "Oh, if only, if only somebody could have done something and prevented this horrible tragedy." And then when it happens, people are like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> Right. right, exactly. Hold on, hold on. I, I definitely don't want to be misinterpreted here. I'm not saying it would have been better if he'd been successful. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's sure, not sure, it's sure, not sure. The, the the happiest news. Do we have another high note? Does anyone have? No. I think you do, Matt. Yeah, I you? do. Uh, something that I just spotted online, which I kind of want to take the show out on. Um, somebody has taken. Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit and turned it from a minor key to a major key. And it is a completely different song to the extent that people on Twitter, they're saying, like, this is breaking my brain right now. Um, Now, anybody who's ever, like, looked at one of these, like, you can you can look up the minor key version or the yeah, the minor key version of Hey Jude. Uh, which is it becomes a very dark song like that, but all of a sudden it's like Nirvana awesome. is like this upbeat like '90s rock, and it's great, <laughs> almost pop. Yeah, so we should uh we should take the show out on that while we wrap up. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. I can get in the groove. So you know, thanks for thanks for joining us on the on this wild ride here, and <laughs> I'm sure the news is going to provide more wild. I'm rides sure next week is just going to be like not um, a lot going on, just smooth sailing. You know, no outrageous news mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what we've gotten used to on the show. We'll we'll end up talking about you know some some nostalgic piece of media from our past or something, uh, turning it into the, like a yeah. cracked podcast <laughs> in the new year. There you go. <laughs> but whatever it is, you should tune in to find out what we actually do. <laughs> and you can also uh, follow us on all of our social medias and see what we're thinking at those times. You know, we're, where are we? We're everywhere, aren't we? We're yeah, pretty much. We're on, on, on fa- you know. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, like us and write a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. And yes. the show is at liquid underscore flannel on Twitter. That's right, that's right. And you can follow us individually. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. I'm at Matt the Great with a W. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.